Welcome to the show. I'm Mikey. And it's your girl Zay Day. We are two social justice warriors dedicated to dismantling systems of oppression through a black, black queer, queer feminist lens. Feminist lens. Yes, this podcast will cover a variety of topics ranging from politics in our country to which new bop you can twerk to. Hey. <laughs> yep. And while we're twerking, y'all can start following. Search Black to the Future on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Join in the conversation. And don't forget to leave positive reviews for us on your streaming platforms. Yes, please leave positive reviews. With the reach of this podcast, we desire to change the world one episode at a time. Yep, and I think it's time we get started, don't you think? Yep, let's get it! The The past past is gone, gone. the present present is an adventure. adventure. Looks like it's time to to go go black to the future. future. Cue the theme music. (laughs) Yeah. again or black 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 again to another brand new episode of black to the future podcast yes i am so happy that y'all are back to join us it is when y'all hear this it's gonna be technically a whole brand new year 2022 um peace and blessings to everyone of this for this new year and i hope that 2021 had taught y'all a little some 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 something Um, But as I mentioned back in 2021, we're going to have a lovely stream of guests. And this is just one of the lovely guests we're going to have today. We have a very, very good podcast host of the Debatable Podcast. And also someone I just figured out and studied poli-sci in college. So this is going to be super in-depth. And I'm really excited to have them on the show. We have Damone Allen. Woo! Hi, thanks for having me on. Yeah. And you hype you you hype me up a little. So can't disappoint now. Um, no, you won't disappoint. Don't worry. You're gonna do just fine. Just fine. You're falling right into my clutches. <laughs> <laughs> uh so uh welcome to my or D Money, because that's what it, that's what it say on Zoom right here. So Either one, it doesn't matter. Wow. Where does the D money come from? Because we need to know. Uh so I work worked work in collections and like the first six months into working there because my name is Damone it got turned into Dumb Money or D Money so that's where it came from 
classic. I love it that. It just stuck. I thought you were going for like the early 2000s, like, like take part of your name and just change it to something else. Be like, no. <laughs> oh, but it's okay. It's fine. I like D money and, and I, and I like money. Oh, mostly sometimes, <laughs> whatever. So, um, again, thank you so much for being on the show. I was, um, both me and Mab, shout out to Mab. He's not here, of course, but we were both on Debatable, the podcast. I was on there twice because I guess I'm special like that. So thank <laughs> you. Um, and of course I'll put a link to your show in the bottom. So y'all can go check out, uh, D Money's show <laughs> um so can you tell us like your um pronouns so everyone can know correctly and then also um if you'd like to share your uh orientation and such uh it would be he him his so male and uh i'm straight i'm married with three kids oh, and i'm sure <laughs> I'm sure everybody just like, okay, so why is he here? What is <laughs> what is he doing here? And so that's the exact thing. I want to make sure that you not only get perspectives from people who are inside of our community, we also have to get people's perspective from outside of the community. I mean, not that Damone's going to get on here and attack me and everybody else, but I think it's no. really... I mean, you could. That would be a nice heated exchange. They would be like, oh, this is the episode. They would love it. Um... But it's very important, I think, just to have those kind of folks who are supportive and who are allies to come on and have conversations and explain about, like, how they feel about certain things. I think it's important. We can also help demystify a lot of different things. Right, exactly. Uh-huh. And um, the magic and the prestige of this is because Damone is a Black man. I know y'all can't see, but he is. <laughs> <laughs> So that's going to give a, a, a very specific kind of uh, focus and lens to this, too. So I think that's important as well. Right. Yay. Um, so, of course, at the top of every episode, we love to ask the question, how is your blackness? How are you as a black person in this world in 2022? <laughs> um, that question's always been kind of hard for me because... For at least three years when I was a kid, and like I was the only black kid in my school mm-hmm. for like a time period because I lived in a like we moved to an area where I was, I was the only black kid in the entire school, mm-hmm. and then I moved back into an area where there were other black kids. But I've always been closer to I would say most of my friends have been white. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have some black friends, but most of them are white. So I've always kind of struggled with blackness because I kind of don't fit into the box mm. um, that most people feel. But I definitely feel with like the things that have gone on with like George Floyd and those sorts of things um, have kind of brought me closer again to the black community than maybe I was three, four years ago. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I, I, I think that's fine. I, and I, I want to clarify for everyone out there. Um, there's there's levels to a multitude of things. And I know sometimes people be like, well, you're not black enough or you don't air quotes act black or whatever the, you know, whatever the fuck they want to say, you know. 
So I, I can definitely understand and resonate with that because that was kind of my framework a little bit too. So I really, um, I really do get what you're saying in that kind of space. But you know, I think it takes all kinds to make these kind of things work. And I, I really appreciate the fact that you're moving in an idea and moving closer towards being like, okay, blackness. How does this affect me? Who am I? How do I fit into it? And all that kind of stuff. So, Right, because definitely, like, growing up, I definitely got the, you're not black enough. You, you don't act black. You act white. I definitely got that, or you sound white. Mm. I, I definitely have gotten that. And, like, I guess the ironic thing is a lot of the things that growing up I got made fun of for, like, liking marvel movies or like in cart like comics mm -hmm. and stuff like that not really comics but like those sorts of geeky things i got made fun of are now more accepted in like especially in like the black community than they used to be oh yeah oh yeah completely because uh well we're recording this obviously in 2021 full disclosure because i don't feel like hiding that and the spider <laughs> and the spider-man movie the into the universe just came out i'm not a marvel person and my friends are going to just be like, Shh, she sure ain't. Because uh, I'm, I'm Brenda from Scary Movie. I'm talking the whole time. Like, I'm her. I'm, I'm okay with it at this point. But it's like on Twitter, on my timeline, it is so many Black people talking about this film. And maybe it's because of Miles Morales. But it could very well just be like the fact that we get more comfortable. And I see so many Black people, especially Black men, talking about like anime and all that kind of stuff. And I remember like, in high school, because we're probably the same age. How old are you? I'm 32. Oh, see? We're the same age. I'm not going to reveal my age, even though everybody already know it. But <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, I remember being in high school, and, and if you liked anime and all that kind of stuff as a black person, it was like, why? You know, it was very that. Because, again, those early 2000s were for black people. Yeah. It was... Mm, mm. I think also the movie Black Panther helped with that, too. Because, like, a lot of black people were like, oh, comic book. It's, it's a black person. That's cool. I'll right. watch it. Oh, and now I'm going to watch all these other Marvel movies. And, it, like, even though I've probably been watching them the whole time, but it's more acceptable now to, like, dress up as the Black Panther or dress up as Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that observation because I didn't even think about that because I was probably one of those people that was like, well, I was that person that was like, I don't really care about these movies like that Black Panther. <laughs> I mean, then also there's Michael B. Jordan and you can't beat that with a stick. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm a huge fan of Michael B. Jordan. I would like him to beat me with his stick, but that's besides the point. <laughs> besides the point. I mean, I'm just, just saying. <laughs> and then, of course, rest in peace to um, Chadwick. Thank you so yep. much for your service and all the things you have done, even outside of Black Panther. He was beautiful, lovely, talented, all the things. Yep, he was. Rest in peace. Um, so um, you talked about being married and having children already. We're going to get there. We're going we gonna to get there. But um, the last question I want to ask before this small break we're going to take is um, how do you and you've kind of given us a small backdrop of your history already. How do you define black masculinity, like black manhood? Um, I've been, because you sent me the list of questions earlier, I've been thinking about this one. Mm -hmm. um, I like to think that it's like the same as kind of like white manhood, white masculinity, but it's not exactly. Mm -hmm. I think 
it's I guess it's kind of hard to define. I feel like it's taking being able to take care of your family while also over trying to overcome like the struggles with like racism and stuff like that. But also like under like I feel like a lot of times there is a lot of toxicity in the black community and especially with like black masculinity. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like to personally think that. It, it, that hopefully that it's changing and you're seeing more um black men being able to like go move out of the shell and also understand like the um like the lgbtq plus community mm-hmm. um but i think masculinity like it's being able to take care of like i guess be the like not just that sounds very how do, i don't know think, no, like you can say it it's fine it sounds very Neanderthal, I guess, is the word I was thinking of. Um, but, like, being a provider and, like, taking care of your family, mm-hmm. even if you don't have a family, it's just you taking care of yourself and trying to get past the roadblocks you have, especially, like, because, well, white people don't really have the roadblock of racism, mm-hmm. but using, like, navigating through that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, thank you for saying that. And there's no perfect answer. There's literally no perfect answer because everyone has too many different experiences. And um, I agree. There are um, definitely a lot of roadblocks that are inherently just happen because you're black. And then because of how all of the systems that we operate in and um, with men being at the forefront of, of everything, obviously, if you're a black man, they want to, and they did this for many years and they're still doing it now, but they want to impede and withhold you guys from moving forward in a, in a positive way. Cause if you, if you awaken as it were, <laughs> you know, if the, if the power of the black Panther wasn't stripped away, you would, <laughs> you would be like in a better place. You, um, not even just like financially, but I think also very importantly, like emotionally, like having that, uh, security there. Um, also being very, um, uh, I, I guess also being very, uh, the desire and the ability to be vulnerable, you know, because yeah. those, those things don't really happen in black masculinity from my perception. And one of my previous guests, um, I believe it was Lex Newman. Um, y'all go looking back at one of those episodes. I don't know what episode it was. It was a seven. It was a seven. <laughs> but um, he said that it was like a, an idea of like being rigid. Like, there's not really much room for you to kind of maneuver and kind of shape and be who you want to be because it's like, I have to be this way as a man, and then on this end, I have to be this way as a black person. And then converging those two things is like, I have this much space to work with. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely understand that. I do feel that, like, pressure at times to be, to to fit in the box. Mm -hmm. Like, this is who you need to be. This is how you need to act. But... Like I said before, I feel like I don't fit in the box. Mm-hmm. I want to. I don't want to be in the box. So I feel like that's like he's like you said. He said there is that box that you kind of get typecast, mm-hmm. like kind of like an actor, where like you're. This is who you are. You're the gangster, or you're the you're the criminal, or you're right. the dirty cop, or you're. You're the, I guess, the bad guy, or the funny, um, or the funny sidekick, or, or yeah, the funny sidekick. Like mm-hmm. you never get to be like 
the good guy, the main good guy. Mm-hmm. You don't get to have a full fleshed out personality right. as a character. You get to be like one of those archetypes because that's easily relatable because it removes the spotlight from being on a black person to being probably on a white person going through some shit. And you're just like, especially in like the old nineties TV shows and stuff like that. They used to love to put black people on. They'll be like, Oh, guess what? Like I'm here for comic relief. Don't invest in my story, but you know what? I'm here to make your life better. Like it's always kind of yeah. like this, I, this tool where we're always, the funny person or the combative person. We don't get a full arc of anything. Right, like you don't get to be both. Because you can be funny and also have like the sternness part too. And that's what most people are. You're a mix of, you're a mix of like all the types. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I, I appreciate you sharing that and letting everyone know how you feel about it. Because again, there isn't one right way to be a black person person (laughs) it's kind of like i that still baffles me to this day because i had similar experiences when i was growing up too so i was kind of like am i not doing this right granted i was having gender crises and shit like that too so that also had a huge impact on it so but those are things that are important to think about there's so many levels to being black But um, we're going to take a small break real quick, and we're going to come right back, and you get to tell us all about your Black story, your history. Are you with saying, here we go! (laughs) All right, so we are back with Damone, and so, of course, in every interview that I like to do, I think you've already kind of given us a nice backdrop of kind of like who you are as a person and stuff like that. But I would love if you could talk to the audience and let them know like where you grew up, your family dynamic, all that stuff, you brothers and sisters and all that stuff. And you don't have to be super specific. Like I was born on four Privet Drive. Like you don't, <laughs> you don't have to be that. But <laughs> like, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> uh, so I grew up in Buffalo, New York. Um, I'm not going to say go Bills because I'm not a Bills fan. Oh. <laughs> but... <laughs> Um, I don't even know what sports team that is. So. It's a football team. Um, sure. Yeah, I grew up in Buffalo, New York. Um, so Buffalo, I don't know if you've ever been here, but Buffalo is pretty segregated. So, oh. so like the east side is mostly black. The west side is mostly Hispanic. Hmm. The north is mostly like Italian, Polish. And then south is mostly like Irish. Yeah, mostly Irish. Oh, wow. Um, so I grew up originally for like the first eight or nine years. I lived on the east side. So I lived in the hood. Then we moved to Kenmore, which is like a suburb for like three years. That's where I was the only black kid in my school. Mm. Then we moved back to Buffalo, like, but just on the outside of Kenmore again. So I ended up going back to like a, to a Buffalo mm. school. Mm-hmm. So there were other black kids. Um, and then I lived there for, since from like the age of like 11, 12, uh, I think it was 12, 12 to, I went to college. I went to college at Buff State for political science, graduated from there, um, met my wife, um, and now I live in the middle of nowhere because <laughs> <laughs> this is where she grew up in this area. So yeah, I live in the middle of nowhere. 
Oh, well, I hope you see Courage the Cowardly Dog while you're out there in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) No, thank you so much for sharing. And see, I've never been to the East Coast. Yes, you can stone me. It's fine. I know I haven't been there. And I haven't been to New York. I know I'm lame. After 30-something years, I still haven't been over there. Shame, 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 I know. I've Um, never been to the West Side. The farthest west I've been is Indianapolis. Okay, so we're on the same page, like, <laughs> just, like, moving, uh, going across the, 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 the country. It's kind of like, mm. well, thank you and for saying that. And breaking it down kind of nicely so we can kind of, like, have a mental picture of kind of, like, seeing how, like, all these sections are divided and all that kind of stuff. I think that's really important to, like, telling the story of, like, who you are as a person. Um, so did you have, like, siblings growing up, too? Or were you, like, the lucky only? Um, I have two sisters one i've never met Mm. um and then i have two brothers younger brothers i'm the oldest it sucks doesn't it uh yeah i guess (laughs) (laughs) you ain't gotta lie you ain't gotta lie craig you could tell us if it's if if you well they're they're half brothers so or half brothers and half sisters so Mm. okay um yeah so yeah (laughs) <laughs> and my parents are married. So. Oh, they're still together. Yeah, that's so beautiful. And and I and I assume like they had like a pretty good relationship since they're still together now. Yeah, it's average. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, and that's fine. I'm like I'm not expecting like all the trauma and just like unpacking <laughs> your entire life story. Like I don't expect that or anything. So you already kind of talked about um, how, like, when you were growing up, you just kind of felt, like, uncomfortable and uneasy in those spaces where you were just like, you're not acting black enough. You act like, you talk like a white person and all those kind of things. So if you can, you know, again, I just said I don't want to unpack the trauma, but here we go. (laughs) (laughs) If you can kind of go back to that 9, 10, you know, that time frame when it all started to really happen. Um... Can you kind of, like, talk a little bit about, like, what you did in order to feel better about not performing blackness a certain kind of way? Or how you even reacted to being said you're not black enough? Um, I would say, I guess there was a little bit of it in, like, elementary school, like, before I moved to, like, the white neighborhood, I guess, Mm -hmm. where, like, because I always liked my favorite band for some reason growing up was um Aerosmith okay like I don't know why but I really liked Aerosmith I didn't really like rap music mm-hmm. um so there was a little bit in I really first also wanted to be a vampire <laughs> <laughs> okay Edward Cullen you do it <laughs> uh so like there was I didn't really I guess I wouldn't say I really experienced it that much in like elementary school but when i mostly when i went to high school Mm -hmm. i would say it was mostly because like there were there were groups of kids like i I definitely i got bullied definitely Mm -hmm. and there were like groups of kids like they were the different groups and cliques and i mostly was like with the nerdy geeky kids but most of the nerdy geeky kids were the white kids Mm -hmm. so like most of the my bullies i guess were mostly the black kids who were like the cool kids, the jocks, the, the sporty kids. Um, the irony. But yeah. And I, I guess I, there were times where I definitely struggled with it, 
mm-hmm. and like were like got upset and were mad about it. But I think eventually I just what I like what I like, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna continue with the like what I like. And if they don't like me, they don't like me. These are my friends. I'm I'm gonna be friends with who I want to be friends with. If you want to be friends with me, great. If you don't, I guess screw you. Yeah. So. <laughs> I think that's kind of how I dealt with it. Eventually, like I would say it probably took till I was probably like a senior mm-hmm. um, to, to deal with that. Oh yeah. And, and again, not to bring up all your trauma and stuff, but I appreciate you telling it because I think it's, um, I think it's funny. And I think also that it's important that we recognize particular black people during that time period specifically, like this was the rise of like, to me, like I felt like the rise of hip hop culture had like a couple waves and I felt like this was one of the bigger ones and now we're kind of living in the next one. Like I think there's been like three waves since like my existence as a person. So I really feel like that second one was like the push, push into like really into mainstream media for the first time. And so it immediately impacted every single black person. It was like the first time we were kind of being seen and da da da, especially for our crafts and music and all that kind of stuff. I really felt like that was like one of those times, at least from my perspective, going into, you know, middle school, going into high school or whatever the case may be. And so when you weren't performing blackness a certain kind of way and all that kind of stuff, they would really try to give you the fever and it would be like black people gatekeeping how blackness is supposed to be for other black people. And it's kind of like, I get us gatekeeping stuff away from other ethnicities, particularly white people, but like you're going to try to gatekeep me from you because I, I, cause I speak the language that, you know, the English language well weird or maybe or maybe like maybe my pants aren't hanging off my ass maybe (laughs) yeah yeah i never really was into the baggy pants i also got made fun of a lot for like my voice which i still have insecurity about now even though like i do a podcast so i talk into a mic all the time Mm -hmm. i also work in a call center so but i still have insecurities about that from that time period and I think part of that was like because I didn't like talk with, I didn't speak any bonics or mm-hmm. like talk a certain way. Right. No, and and I think that that just just goes to show what kind of person you are in the spaces that you grow up in, and you know, I think black people. I know y'all hear me. Y'all gotta cut that shit the fuck out. Like, like, like y'all gonna have to literally just let black people exist in a certain capacity. There's so, there's so much black and, and African diaspora. Like, there's just so much that we do as black people that we gonna have to really just learn to be okay. Like, with the certain levels of black people that show up in different spaces. Cause, you know, this person that you making fun of might have a certain gift or a certain tool or a certain ability that you may need at some point in time. And now you're trying to drag them for, like, not doing what you do. This is like a Disney Channel movie just waiting to happen. Like, <laughs> like I'm not surprised that I, if it did happen already, I wouldn't be surprised. But, like, that's a Disney Channel movie. It's just like, oh, you're like me, but not like me. And I made fun of you, and now you need my help, and I'm going to help you. And it's like one of those makeover episodes. Oh, yeah, that's definitely a Disney movie or Disney episode of some kind. Yes, that's like, I'm going to turn the nerd over into this. And I'm just like... Well, he wasn't that bad, but you know, 
and now like both of you are better because of it. It's it's one of those stupid things. So I I appreciate you sharing that and things like that. Um, you said you didn't really use like ebonics and stuff like that. And again, I related to that until I got to a certain age where I was like, oh, maybe my ebonics just comes out in a different kind of way, you know. And and um, so were your parents like the how how can I say like were they like the super black people where it was like they was just like black all the time like they was just like you know giving it all like ebonics all the time and giving everything like that or would you say they were a little bit more reserved and conservative I would say my mom's more reserved and conservative mm-hmm. and my dad's closer to the other direction Okay. The, like, Little, all the time. What they say, like urban air quotes. Yeah, that's what yeah. they'll call it. <laughs> yeah, urban. Yeah. It's like, really? That's the word y'all gonna use? Okay, sure, whatever. Okay, and so you kind of had like a nice balance because my parents are the same way too. So I can totally understand and relate to that as well. Where it was like, my daddy was from the streets. He's from the. <laughs> so I was just like, okay, work. <laughs> and my mom was like, I have like so many master's degrees. I'm like this and this. And I'm just like. <laughs> how did this come together? Like, I'm just like, you know what? But you smile at nine and say, okay, Jesus, I'm here. So I'm going to do whatever I need to do. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I relate to that and understand that as well. And then of course, like many, and when I mean many black people, we have all heck, we a lot of us have experienced the church. So where's church yeah. and a part of your life, the way I feel like it's a part of a lot of black people lives. So, we kind of church hopped a lot um where we'd go to different churches um i haven't been to church since i turned probably since i turned 18. um i'm not super religious Mm -hmm. like i'm i would say i'm I'm an agnostic like i think there's oh you're agnostic see if you knew the joke if you knew the joke never mind (laughs) keep going (laughs) um so I think that there's some, there's probably something there, something mm. crossed the Big Bang or whatever. So I think that there's something there, but I don't know what it is or who it is, and I don't honestly don't want to spend my whole life trying to figure it out, especially if I'm I guess wrong. That's one of my biggest fears mm. is that like I become a Christian, do all that stuff, and then die in its Buddhism was the right <laughs> wasted this whole all this time. Um, but, yeah, I definitely experienced the black church. Like, I would say, like, being there for four hours, like, uh. um, actually, my first kiss was in the church. Oh. Um, <laughs> Standing in the Lord's house. Oh, Lord. No wonder I, you don't want to go old, back. She was older than me. I probably was, like, I think it was, like, 10-ish. And she was, they made the mistake of having her us in the basement for like Bible study or whatever. And she was the teacher and yeah, that was not a smart plan on their part. Uh, okay. But... Was, she, was she, was she an adult or was she? No, she was like, Oh, okay. Uh, she was probably like 13 and I was like nine or 10. Okay. I was getting ready to say, no, I'm like, no, not that bad. I'm like, Oh no, what is this church? We need no. to air them out quick. No, she was like 13. I was like 10. So she was older, but, like, not, like, illegally older. Okay. Okay, Damone, um, you was pulling. We love to see it. You was pulling. <laughs> Look at you. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I definitely experienced the black church, like, speaking in tongues, 
them like touching your head and mm-hmm. like you falling over, um, all that stuff. I would say it's definitely when it comes to especially like the LGBTQ plus community. Mm-hmm. I would say it's definitely not been a good area for the black church. Like the black church is definitely heavy handed on the like <laughs> anti like gay segment like it's a sin it's a sin it's a sin like they hammer mm. that in like a lot mm-hmm. like and yeah they hammer that down a lot and that's definitely not a good thing and i think that really does lean into like a lot of the toxic part of that toxic part in the the black community because i think almost every black person i've ever talked to has been to a black church and experienced that yeah, I, I agree and I and I appreciate you sharing and I I I'm I'm in the same kind of thought process too where it's kind of along the lines of I don't really know what created all this and if I spend my time worrying about it, I'm going to waste more time focusing on that than actually living the life before it comes to an end. Cuz I would be like you, I would get <laughs> go ahead and die get up to heaven and be like Buddha Oh, girl, you playing? You you play? I will be so packed depressed if that was if that, if that yeah. ended up being the thing. So I really get it. Um. So yeah, I I understand that. I never did the whole speaking in tongues thing because I'm like I like to kind of know what I'm saying. So I felt uncomfortable about that. So I don't know if some of my friends was like, "Girl, I faked it." So I was just like, "Uh, uh-uh, that's that's just not for me." Um. So I and and I do think it's um, important that more people, more Black people specifically, echo the fact that I don't think religion itself is bad because you can really weaponize anything, and that's what they usually right. do. And in the case you're talking about against uh, queer people at large, it's kind of like this is bad, and you know, it's kind of one of those things. It's like they don't want to take accountability for saying these things and perpetuating these things on mass. And then when the black community is just like, we don't like gay people, but we don't not like it, but we just don't like it because the people that lead us and guide us say that we don't like it. And I'm just like, why? Have y'all ever stopped to ask why? Right. (laughs) And so us as queer people, specifically me as a trans person, I always tell people all the time, I have zero interest in fighting a spiritual entity, especially when collectively the world doesn't follow this one spiritual entity all the time so i think it's silly and very foolish to hold everyone to the same standard of you when no one's you know follows the same religious path all the time and there's like a ton of different sects of christianity so who's to say like you pick you pick baptist and it was really catholic Mm -hmm. yeah and like i've also like felt found like when i went to school i i was like one credit short of having a minor in religious studies Mm -hmm. but like even with politics too you find usually the people who protest and are anti-gay the hardest are usually secretly doing stuff at they're secretly usually you, you can say it. They it. they doing the nasty. They right. fucking on the internet. Yeah. They they usually doing gay things or like mm-hmm. have a gay boyfriend or like a secret lover and stuff like that. Like that's usually what you find is happening. Yeah. And I I usually um find that 
I, I, of course, have read plenty of articles about this because when they telling me I'm finna die and go to hell just for existing, I'm just like, let me read up on this because y'all are saying some things I just don't get. <laughs> but most of the time, it's just like they're just trying to change your conduct. That's all they're trying to do, like the conversion therapy and stuff like that. And it's like you're trying to change how I behave and not how I feel in my heart. And it's kind of giving me the... I thought I wasn't supposed to lie because this is in my heart and this is why now we have senators at glory holes. <laughs> and and then, <laughs> then they're with, you know, passed out, you know, you're there, or they unfortunately may have like twinks that die in their, <laughs> in their hotel rooms and, and overdosed. And unfortunately, I'm sorry, trigger warning, I should have said that first. But we'll have like political people be in this space and they'll, wep- and they'll use religion as a weapon to past legislation that's harmful and detrimental towards queer people at large. But at the same time, they'll just be like, I'm just going to go suck some light dick <laughs> at this glory hole. Now I need... Yeah, I think a lot of the time it's people who are afraid to admit that they have those feelings. Mm-hmm. So they try and do everything possible to suppress it. Exactly. I agree. Well, see, well, you don't have that problem necessarily because you're a cishet man. So you obviously said like you have a wife and you married her and all that lovely stuff. And you have the babies now, which I think is so beautiful. Um, yeah, one day, one day, one day. So, um, and, and can I, can I ask is, uh, what's the race of your wife? She's white. I don't care. I just, I'm just happy that <laughs> I'm just happy that you're married. Find somebody that want to deal with you for the rest of forever, child. Please, that must be nice. <laughs> um. Okay, that is so cute. So, can you want to tell us a little bit, obviously, about how you met her and things like that? Um, I met her online through social media. Give me one second. A child's actually knocking at the door. Hi, children. <laughs> so I met her online uh, through. What was the what? It wasn't MySpace. It was one of those random like social medias before Facebook became like it was like when Facebook started taking over for MySpace. But it was one of the other random ones. Mm-hmm. I met her online. Um, we started talking. She drove up to because I was still in college, mm-hmm. so she drove up to see me, and then we went on a date and we started dating from there. Oh, and look at you. You swung and you hit. Look at you. Mm. See, I knew, like, pulling them since he was nine. Look at you. I'm just, mm. Keep going. <laughs> uh, and then we got married, like, after two years. We got engaged probably too fast, faster than we probably should have. But uh, we got engaged after, like, six months, and then got married after two years. Oh, so y'all just knew it was supposed to be, baby. I love that. So, and and um, I I want to ask. So, obviously, as a black man, sometimes the the you get the degrees of dating white women or other women outside of your race and things like that. And so, I would like to know how you kind of you know came to the point of like i'm going to marry this woman even though she's not black because there's so many like there's a lot of conversation about it right now for black men that don't date or marry black women so i want to know like your thoughts about it and you can be honest um my thoughts are you love who you love like just 
like I'm not going to judge someone for dating outside the race. Just I would, I don't judge them for dating inside their race. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, I do live in a majority white neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I'd probably say between me and my kids, there's probably, so that's four. <laughs> so there's probably like maybe six black people in this Oh. Now, that might be pushing it. Um, Please be safe. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, there are times where, like, I get the look. Or there's mm-hmm. times where, like, because two of my kids are definitely white passing. Like, oh. if you don't know, you mm-hmm. you wouldn't know they're, they're black or half black. Right. So, um, I would say... There's times where, like, I feel a little bit nervous when I take them somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like, if I go alone to the store with them, there are times where, like, I'll get a look mm-hmm. from someone. Um, but with dating a white white women, I've – most of my – I think most – all but one of my girlfriends have been white. Mm-hmm. One was Hispanic. Okay. But I would say I just – a long time ago just said I like who I like and – like there, like we talked about earlier about gatekeeping. Like, mm-hmm. if someone is black and they date a white person, it doesn't mean that they hate black people or they hate white or black women or anything. It's just that's who they were attracted to. That's who they decided to date. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that, like, knock on wood, if my wife died or if like I got divorced or whatever, knock on wood, it doesn't mean I wouldn't date a black woman. It's just currently I'm married to a white person, mm-hmm. and that doesn't affect how I feel about black women yeah and i think that last part is the most important part is that it's like just because i'm dating this particular race right now it does not negate the fact that there are black women that i still like that that are beautiful that are attractive that maybe had i met them at this point in time before i met my wife i would be with them you know whatever the case may be or you know there are other area you know there's also the fact that you're probably in an area where you probably wouldn't be around a whole lot of black people as well so that could also very well be the case i think a lot of the conversation and the discourse around it is just that when we like ask black men why do you like you know other races aside from black women it's always like well black women are this and this and this and there's a negative <laughs> that comes after that as opposed to you know white women are this and I and I prefer this or I grew up in this area this is how I like to look at it and it's and and it's the idea of making sure that we don't have any massage noir just making sure there's no degradation of black women because that right. doesn't add anything to the conversation because in real life <laughs> most of these black men yourself included have black mothers <laughs> and right. have black grandmothers and black aunties and all that stuff and it's very like are those women, do they have less value? Do you think of them in this kind of way that you say when you think about the women that's in your peer group that you would consider dating? That's the thing that exactly. we have to really kind of consider and think about. Right. Like, like I said, I don't think the fact that I've dated mostly white women affects my, like, because those are who I mostly was friends with or, mm-hmm. like, was in that area. Like I said, if, like, I had the opportunity before but my wife or like I said, if something God forbid were to happen, like this, like I said, doesn't change. I might date a black woman. I, I don't know what, what the future would hold mm-hmm. or like if the past got changed, I don't know what would have happened. It's just who I dated at that time. And I think a lot of, some of it comes back, goes back to almost like a fear that mm-hmm. 
the white women are going to take all the black men and we're, they're not going to have any left, which is not true. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be black men who prefer black women and will only date black women. Mm-hmm. But I, I just think that, like I said, if love who you love. Like it's, I don't care. Like if you, as long as they're over the age of 18 <laughs> and it's a human being, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I, in, in real life, it should really very much be that simple, you know? And it, and when you, t- and when you talk about like, I, I think, and this is, I want to say this unequivocally clear, I don't think that black men should inherently date black women. That's just not how things go. I can't tell someone who to be programmed to be attracted to. And I think preferences are perfectly fine. I think that is beautiful because, trust me, some somebody that someone doesn't like, someone is mad in love with right now. Right. So I think that's perfectly fine. It's just the way that people have conversations around it. And it's just kind of like sometimes black men just be like, like she too ghetto and she too this and she too down. I'm just like, well, we didn't ask you that. We asked you why you prefer this woman. Are you talking about why you don't like her? It's like, do you not see how you didn't answer the question? It's like, focus over here. (laughs) And so I get it. And there's also, you know, you know, there's, a, there's a multitude of other factors, but just making sure you don't uh, over-exaggerate on why black women are, air quotes, undesirable or hard to deal with or whatever is what I want to make sure that a lot of people who listen to this, particularly black men, take away from the conversation. Exactly. I definitely agree with that. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to bring someone down to justify your actions. Love who you love. Pretty much, sorry for that. No, it's 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 nice for it to be that simple. And I do want to ask, um, obviously, since you're a black man dating, um, not dating, fully married. <laughs> Insert jealousy right here. Um, <laughs> um, when you guys were in a relationship, going towards marriage and things like that. You know, if you don't have to tell me, because obviously it's going to go out to people. But, like, <laughs> did her family and her circle of friends kind of give you the nth degree or give you a little bit of the fever for just being a black person at all? Uh, so her grandfather Ooh. on her dad's side disowned her because she started dating me. Mm-hmm. Um, and she hasn't talked to him since. Mm. Or that's a one time we ended up at the same restaurant, like, and it was a buffet. So we were like, actually, I think we've been near each other like twice. The one time they didn't talk at all, mm-hmm. and we were like crossed from each other, which was super awkward. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was like literally next to him. And she's like, "Hi," and he like just didn't say anything and walked away. So that I would say that would be the only one for the outside of that. Mm-hmm. Her. Like him and like her aunt and who mm-hmm. like is like is with him most of the time. Mm-hmm. I would say those would be the only part, but I would say the rest of her family has like been fine with it and no issues. Yeah, no, and I appreciate you sharing that. And her grandfather, that definitely was like, oh yeah, uh-huh. like my my brain didn't even go like no, no, no. It was very like yeah. Yeah, that that makes sense because I'm sure he's probably seventy something years old. And... Yeah, I think he's like seventies, eighties. Yeah. yeah, so he <laughs> and probably done seen a slave or two. <laughs> <laughs> and like personally, I've literally never met him. 
Like, yeah. Besides, like besides those two instances, I've never actually like, I never talked to him like at all. Mm. Yeah, and it's unfortunate that simply for the sheer fact that you're a black person, he wouldn't even give you the chance to even have a conversation about it. Um, because I think what that would ultimately turn and what would have to do is that there would have to be some self-reflection and some, some emotional availability um, that certain white people, especially older white people, don't want to relinquish because, you know, they want to make America great again. Um, <laughs> so, so there's that. But um, I appreciate you saying that because, you know, even I think once you do start dating outside of your race, there is this like, you're not, you're, you're not, your children aren't going to be pure anymore. What do you mean? You know, and it's like, like even anyone really yeah here i'm like did we do the 23 and me did y'all do it because it's it's like everything done <laughs> hodgepodge and mixed up now like you may be like 80 percent this but <laughs> like the rest yeah. of it like yeah i'm pretty sure no one at this point is like 100 percent here yeah anything. so i'm kind of like all right y'all this and ultimately <laughs> who really cares yeah like, like, there's no, like, scoreboard. Like, you're more black by percentage, so you win. Like, that's not a, that's not a thing. And we literally just had, what was it, four years ago, five years ago at this point, we had a half-black president, mm-hmm. like, a biracial president. So, like, who really cares? And we he was embraced wholeheartedly by the black community when he won, mm-hmm. so... Yeah, it's 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 very like does this matter? I think when it comes to the distribution of wealth and other things along those higher levels, yes, let's let's get down to the nitty-gritty. But like when it comes to matters of love and affection, child, please, it doesn't matter. So, um then the last thing I want to talk about in, in in regards to like race in your current family is like obviously you already mentioned your children and since they already kind of like white passing and stuff like that and you mentioned kind of like this fear or this anxiety or this discomfort when you're like out with them and you're like this black man with two children that perceivably look white and it's like like the uncomfortableness and the stares and things like that. So, um have you like have to have these conversations with your children if they're old enough yet to have these conversations? They're six, so they still kind of <laughs> don't get it. Um, because like I've said, like, "Hey, you're black," and they'll be like, "No, I'm not. I'm oh. I'm tan," or like, "I'm I'm pe- I'm, I'm peach," or whatever. Like, and or I'm brown. Like, because one of them is she's not as dark as me. Mm-hmm. She's probably about your complexion okay. like oh, she's lighter so she'll be like i'm brown i'm not black i'm brown mm-hmm. so they're still like at that point where like they don't understand like race or anything like that mm-hmm. and so far like with if with the school district or the school or anything so far so good like no issues with that and hopefully that continues um but they're still at that age where they kind of it's just like i am who i am i don't I don't really care about color. Like, mm-hmm. these are my friends. It, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I think the one beautiful thing about children is that they literally are just like, I'm here to exist and have fun. And until right. the... Until the imminent moment when they finally realize <laughs> that they're 
for some reason, something about them, whether they be uh, an AFAB person, assigned female at birth, or if they're darker skinned, or their hair, or this and this and this, something is going to exclude them from something that they've been a part of. And it's going to be something that they have zero control over, something that people really shouldn't care about, but they're going to be like, Daddy, let's ha- let's why is this happening? And then that conversation will happen. Obviously, if you know, do you, I assume you said they're they're sick, so are they like triplets? They're triplets, yeah. Ooh, okay. Bless your heart and your ministry. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Yeah. So I'm sure when that conversation comes up, I'm sure it'll be you know, yeah, I'm sure you'll be very well equipped to 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 do those kind of things and stuff like that. So. I, I just I just like to always just wonder and stuff like that because the I teach music of course and the kids that I talk to they have zero concern about what the like about like all the extraneous things that us as millennials and older folks are arguing about like why are we arguing about race kids are not really giving a fuck about this <laughs> like down there like we should all be as wide eyed open and as sweet and as honest and as you know, that's the lovely thing about right. children. So I really relish on that. So thank you for saying that about your children and your family and speaking on those things. So I appreciate it. No problem. Of course. So we're going to take another small break and then we're going to go to the last section. Yay! Okay, so we have had such insightful conversation already and I really do appreciate it. Like really do genuinely so you've talked about your family and then you've talked about your past and all the experiences that you've gone through so I kind of want to kind of uh do one last little tidbit and kind of make a a a turn as it were so obviously this past year there's been like this mm, how do I say like this air quotes like attack on black masculinity so you described it earlier and stuff like that um, and so obviously this year or last year, cause technically it's 2022 when people go hear this, but <laughs> you know, like the baby and, um, God, I don't even remember their names right now. Scrappy, Dave Chappelle, Dave Chappelle Scrappy, Little Boosie. Like they have been really under this fire, under this scrutiny and, you may have a different perception, but a multitude of the black men that I am in community with, they love to defend these men and they have the right to do so. But it's all, it's often under the guise to me of they're trying to bring black men down, you know, the, that age old adage or however the phrase goes, like they're trying to bring the black man down, you know, very that. And um, sometimes the idea of accountability can feel like an attack to a a variety of black men. So I wanted to know your thoughts and your feelings, whether you agree, disagree about any of the things that they have said and done and stuff like that. So to kind of touch on your thing about accountability, I feel like I was too young to really be there for it but like the oj thing or mm. like r kelly mm-hmm. like sometimes we need to not defend them sometimes they 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 fucked up like just just we need to admit it just take the l i get they're black i get our history and everything mm-hmm. but sometimes they're guilty and sometimes they're, they did wrong mm-hmm. it's, we don't need to defend them because it overall like from the out if 
an outside community looks in and we're defending these people we shouldn't be, it justifies some of like someone who doesn't understand the community or hates the community in their minds it justifies their like that we're defending people we shouldn't be. Right. Um I'm gonna be honest, I've never I don't think I've ever heard of the baby or little scrap I forgot little scrappy exists. So I might not even be thinking of the right person. I've also don't know who barely know who little boozy is. Um I know that the baby like lost his damn mind mm-hmm. at one of like at a concert. Um mm-hmm. ironically I only knew about the concert because of pro wrestling. Oh, okay. Because um, <laughs> they did like a wrestling thing at that show. Like oh. I think it was like the night before the baby did his whole going crazy thing and it was just random that the baby did that too because like it was unprovoked Mm -hmm. and like he just went crazy for no reason um so i'll talk about those three like first and then i'll talk about dave Chappelle. so those three like i feel like they're trying to lean into like especially the hip-hop culture Mm -hmm. where like being gay is seen as a negative like Mm -hmm. you see that a little a lot I was going to say a little bit, you see that a lot with Lil Nas X, mm-hmm. where he gets attacked by other rappers and stuff for being too gay. Like, you can be gay, but you don't be blatantly gay in front of me. <laughs> You're being too gay for me. Um, mm-hmm. You see that a lot where he's being attacked for that. I actually really like Lil Nas X. I think he's a great entertainer, mm-hmm. not just a rapper. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I feel like you see that a lot, and I feel like that's a lot what happens with, like, the baby and, like, Little Boozy. And Little Boozy's going a little bit too hard on the on it, too. Doth pro- protest too much. Mm. Um, and like I said, I, barely, I, don't, I couldn't name a Little Boozy song if you yeah. paid me a million dollars. I would I'd be like, 200 Alex. <laughs> oh, he's gone. I'm sorry. I can't say Alex. I don't know who, I don't know who run Jeopardy no more, but yeah. <laughs> I I yeah I just think that that leans in they they're leaning into that and they shouldn't be defended at all. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave Chappelle. So Dave Chappelle. I'm gonna be honest. I didn't watch a special. I haven't watched any of his new specials because mm-hmm. um, I'm bad at watching TV. <laughs> <laughs> but and I I love Dave Chappelle's old comedy and I love like the Chappelle Show mm-hmm. and um, what's that movie? The one where he sells weed can't think of it right now that's vague uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, with the crusty white of, lips and the red beanie it's the one it has uh what's his name oh uh, it's like he sells they sell weed and everything i keep wanting to say how high but it's not i know half-baked oh half-baked that's okay. what i was thinking of mm-hmm. yeah half-baked like i like dave Chappelle's comedy mm-hmm. but i also do think he's going and also kind of lean, he's leaning into that part of the community where or not just the black community but the community in general is i can say whatever i want to say and if I, you don't like it you're trying to impose your will on me mm-hmm. you're trying to tread on me just be a good person like <laughs> i like i understand you have your opinions and your thoughts mm-hmm. and like comedy you get you can get away with more of it mm-hmm. and for the most part i'm like okay whatever you can like you're gonna make jokes make jokes but i do think there's a limit and then when you become preachy is when i think there's a problem where it goes from being a comedy special and you're just trying to make me laugh to you're trying to 
telling me this is the way it needs to be. And if mm. you don't like it, you're wrong and you're trying to oppress me. Because, like, I read something where Dave Chappelle went to, like, his old high school mm-hmm. and a bunch of the kids, like, especially, like, the um, like they, LGBT. They gathered him together. Kids, I read that. They too. Like, yeah, they were like, we don't want him here. We don't want him to come. And he came anyway because the school, like, we're like, he's coming anyway. And then he, like, spent the whole time, like, lecturing them. And, like, they were, like, asking him questions. And he was pretty much, I'm an adult. You don't question me. Yep. It's like, dude, like, you came here, like, they didn't want you here. And then you didn't answer any of their questions. And you made it seem like you are a victim. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like you get that a lot. Mm-hmm. It almost feels very Trump-like, where yeah. it's, if you don't agree with me, mm-hmm. you're attacking me, and you're you're trying to change everybody. Right. And I'm the I'm the victim. Mm. And that's not what people are saying. They're just like, hey, I don't like that joke. That joke is offensive. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should cut that off. Cut that out of your special. Right. No, I, I agree. And I appreciate you saying all those things. And and not because it's like an echo chamber where you say exactly what I would want you to say or anything like that. But I always tell people like jokes can be about, you know, they're dark humor jokes. Like I, like, you know, back in the, we were, we're the kids of the 2000s when it was like the baby in the blender jokes. Like we... Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, like we can, we mostly can do those kind of things, but they're, you know, we know that's like one of those stupid, like, that's a dumb joke. But yeah. the, the thing about it for me particularly is like, I feel like comedy is like the intersection of exaggeration and truth. Like, it's kind of like, this thing is true, but it's, here's a really ridiculous version of it. And I really feel like in order to be able to take the over ridiculous part of it, you have to really know like about the thing you're talking about. Like you, I feel like you can't exaggerate something you don't really have the context for. And more importantly for me, I feel like the special, this previous one, which I haven't watched either, but I really just felt like he wanted to get his last little point across and all that kind of stuff about what he wanted to say. And to me, like you said, it would probably just sounded preachy, kind of like what black church does. It's like, this is the rule that you need to follow the rules of what I say. And if you don't follow what I say, then I'm going to be upset and be angry and I'm going to be the victim in this situation when it's kind of like, no, we just don't want you to speak on these things. And it's like, why can't I speak on those things? It's like, no, you can speak on them, but making sure that if you make a mis- if you make a mistake or you offend people, you say, oh, I'm sorry. And, atone- and you apologize. And then you atone for what you, what you said and what you did. And I don't think that a lot of black men want to recognize the fact that they don't know something because at the beginning you said like in order to be like the idea of being a man is to like be a provider and to lead and all those kind of things and if you're not knowledgeable as a leader you're perceived as less than and if you're less than what are you you're some kind of feminine or some kind of woman and da 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 so it all has this trickle down effect that he hasn't even begun to process or like even conceive or maybe he has, and maybe that's the results that he wanted, but we don't have the authority and the power to cancel him because he has far too much money and stuff like that. Right. So I don't, you know, I don't think that's ever going to happen. But yeah, the uh, Labusi and is just, <laughs> he wants a piece of Lil Nas X. I'm just convinced at this point. <laughs> and I feel like the baby just really just, I was getting my hair done 
and <laughs> me and my friend Matt, shout out to Matt, um, he was just like, he did not get what he needed before he got on that stage. He wanted to get his dick sucked in the parking lot because it was <laughs> it was way too specific. Like he was like, like you know what? Fuck everybody who got AIDS or whatever he said. I'm just yeah. like y'all out there sucking dick in parking lots. I'm like you didn't get it sucked in the parking lot, did you? Somebody canceled <laughs> on you last minute, didn't they? Oh, you was hurt. Oh, he was so hurt. <laughs> it was just very random because he like he was doing his concert. And then just started spouting out that stuff, like, out of the blue. Yeah. It was just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and, like, the audience seemed to react to it that way, too. Like, um, what is happening? Right. And, you know, he got pulled and things like that. And they feel like um, losing out on money and stuff. I think that a lot of black men feel like losing out on money and opportunity and I can't say what I want and stuff like that is being canceled and stuff like that. I'm like... No, we just as time goes on, as things progress, as you as things have to become more knowledge, you have to become more knowledgeable and advanced in this world. You're going to have to open yourself up and be available to these things, because it's just how it's just, it's just how life goes. Because I'm sure you know a hundred years ago, the things that we're doing and talking about now, they wouldn't even have conceived, not even a little bit. So it's like the progress, the progression of life and growth and change, you're going to have to get on board with it or you're going to be stuck being archaic. And so it's, and I I don't think, uh, I also mentioned this on one of the previous episodes I talked about is the idea that a lot of black men, specifically, specifically, From the areas that they come from, Boosie and 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 the baby and all down, they come from specific places where we already you already talked about how being an, an LGBTQIA plus person is not a permissible thing in church. One thing, but then also like if it's fortified and taken out into the hood, into the streets and stuff like that, they don't want that gay shit around them. So it's kind of like that's all that they know. Right. So to expect them to be able to get up on a platform and be able to have a full-fledged conversation about this, I expect them not to be able to do anything. Because you ask them one simple question and then it's like all the math problems fly up on their face and they're trying to process and figure out how they, <laughs> how you even ask them that question. They're like, what you mean? You Like being, being gay is bad, but lesbians are fine. Like it's like... <laughs> Do you yeah, yeah, I never understood that. Like, yeah, like how you could be like anti, like homosexual, but then be okay with like lesbianism. Like, yep. Yeah, I don't know. It's um, it's it's and and that's the commodification and the objectification of women. That's all that yeah. is. Yeah, I guess that would be. Yeah, it's just uh, you're objectifying women. So it's okay for two women to be together, but two guys together is you. Yeah. And I'm not saying that you got to get up there and watch it and like create, you right. know, Cinemax porn or anything like that, right. baby. But <laughs> I mean, it, it's not you. So why? And, right. and again, the thought process, like every other day it's a tweet that says, I've never seen so many men be so upset that another man has another man's penis in his mouth. Why are you upset about that? Like, what does that have yeah. to do with it's you? It's been my thought process is, I worry about my penis. You worry about yours, and we're good. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's pretty much it. So, yeah, I don't care about what you're doing with yours. You don't care what I'm doing with mine. 
That's all that matters. Right. It's, it's the math is not mathing as as they like to say. So, but I just wanted to get those opinions and those takes. But now, of course, uh, we gonna make a sharp left turn and we gonna talk about your podcast, um, debatable. So, can you please tell us like how you got into your podcast, how you created it, and all that kind of stuff? Uh, so the first podcast we started was Book It, a wrestling podcast, which is a podcast about, like, pro wrestling. Mm. So we started that one, me and Travis and Mike. It was originally me and Travis, we brought in Mike, mm. who's one of our other co-hosts. And then uh, probably, like, three weeks later, I got the idea to start Debatable. Um, it was kind of listening to, like, three other different shows, like, um, which it was... It's on YouTube. I can't think of our Deaf Comedy hmm. Network or whatever. They had a show that was like similar where they debated different things. There is a show on ESPN that was like a comedy kind of sort of thing. They were talking about Titanic or something. And it was kind of a conglomeration of, the, I don't think that's a word, but <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of a combination of those things. They gave me, plus I did debate in high school, oh. so it kind of gave me those I, the idea to do a show that was a, debating things. Mm. Um, originally, it was meant to be way more serious than <laughs> it ended up being, but um, was my whole thought process originally was like sometimes serious, sometimes silly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's mostly silly now, but that's kind of where I got the idea from was like a conglomeration of like a bunch of other shows and like podcasts that I was listening to mm-hmm. and wanting to be able to debate different things with different people. Oh, okay. Well, thank you uh, again for having me on. It was lovely both times. Um, yeah, having you on. We'll have to schedule another day. I would love that. Um, I think it's been a, I think it's almost going to be a year since I was on the first time, which sounds crazy if we want to think about that for a second. So, wow. Time just... Time flies when you're having fun. Yeah, having fun. Or having... Time just flies. Yeah. (laughs) I think once I turned about 25, it was like, step on it. (laughs) Floor it! (laughs) Floor it! (laughs) Pretty much. It feels like this year flew by. Yeah, it's maddening. But, um, yeah, and so I like the idea of things being, if you can't tell the way that I like, I'm like, here's some really serious conversation, but here's some sprinkles in there to make the conversation a little bit better. That's usually how I like to speak and interact with people. And I think mostly, like, when I talk about, when I work with my, the kids that I teach and stuff like that, that's how kids learn. Like, they really want, you. here's the hard meat, but here's the stuff that, you know, that makes it fun or interesting. Or here's a funny joke because I can turn a phrase really easily or whatever. And so that's kind of how I formatted my show so it won't be like, damn, we serious the whole fucking time. Like, damn, <laughs> lighten this shit up, bitch. Like, you know, I didn't want it to be like that. So um, when you're talking about how you wanted to frame your show I feel like it's kind of like in the same vein where you wanted to be like here's some serious things that are happening right now but let's kind of make sure it doesn't just stay super serious the whole time right um and then like it's had changes because we've had a decent amount of co-hosts to have come and gone um but um yeah it's changed because originally like the episodes because originally we were recording both both podcasts on the same night mm. 
now we're doing them both separate. They both are they're on separate nights, mm-hmm. but we were doing them on the same night. And it was originally just me, Travis, and Mike, and then we started bringing in guests. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's definitely changed, and like formatting has changed and everything on it too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's I get to talk to a bunch of new people, meet new people, have conversations with people, and I think the thing that I guess makes me the proudest, I guess, would be most of the time, nine times out of ten, when we finish the conversation with someone, I'm like, I hope you had fun. They're like, oh, yeah, I had fun. It was great. It was one of the, some of the most fun I've had. Like, I think that's one of the things that makes me most proud Mm -hmm. as a podcaster. Oh, thank Yeah. I don't know people say that about me, but, (laughs) but yeah. I had a great time. Oh, God. That was close. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I can say the same thing. I definitely had fun when I was uh, recording the episodes with you guys are really funny, really hilarious. So I really appreciate it. Um, so can you kind of give us like the, like for those who haven't watched, well, cause you can watch your show too. I forgot about yeah. that. You can watch theirs. Y'all are not going to see me looking busted. I'm not going to let y'all have that. <laughs> That's just not going to happen with me. But uh, for Demona, his co-host and everyone, they definitely have audio and they have visual to go along with their show. So um, so can you tell like the audience a little bit, like how your format of your show kind of goes? Okay, so pretty much like um, I'll introduce everyone like normal podcast does. And then we'll do like a, a topic. So like what's I did, a couple weeks ago... Um, I think it was like we've done what's the best form of potato Ugh. like and then someone you'll say well each person who's on the show will be like my the best form of potato is french fries or mashed potatoes or whatever and then we'll go back and forth and like usually it, it starts a conversation and then so, so a lot of times we'll veer some from that exact specific topic mm-hmm. and then we'll usually play an ad and then we'll do a tournament um, and the way we do the tournaments, like each person will put something in a certain amount into the tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, we used to just have it. So we just all shout, shouted things <laughs> out, but then Travis would shout out 50 different things to put into it. So, so that there's, it's not just his show. We put some order to some rules to it, mm-hmm. but we do a tournament. They, and like they vote, we vote, um, until there's like a winner of the tournament right. and determines what it is so like last week it was best biggie song oh okay. which um juicy ended up winning okay 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 and so it's kind of like um i know this i don't don't i know this this um like the big 10 bracket thing is that what yeah it's like called? A, yeah like yeah. march madness yeah yeah like it's like a march madness, march madness kind of bracket yeah where like they go they go head to head and then you advance if you win you go to the next round if you lose you're out until like it goes till there's two people or two things and then there's one winner hmm. and i remember the one where me and i don't remember the very first one when i was on but when me and mikey were on we did the best rihanna song i remember that i remember that yeah. yes yes and i'm and I'm pretty sure Unfaithful One, pretty sure, which is a great Rihanna song. I don't want anyone to fight me on this. Unfaithful is it. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> honest, I don't remember who won. Eventually, they all start to like, I remember doing it. Mm-hmm. But I just don't remember the winner. They all start to like, 
blend together. The oh. only one, like, winners I remember are, like, Sister Sister won Best Black TV Show mm-hmm. of the 90s, which I still don't agree with. Um, and then... Uh, oh, we, that, maybe that's the one that we... I did remember doing that one. I do remember doing that one, too. Um, and then... Um, the other one I remember is Holes Beat Harry Potter for Best Movie and Best Book, like Teen Movie and Best Teen Book. The teen book was totally like a like we were just being jerks at that point. The mic and voted for it to be Harry Potter to make him mad, um, because none of us had read the actual book. We just saw the movie. Like I've never read the book, the, the book for holes. I've just seen the oh. movie, but I still voted for it for best book. <laughs> Wow. Okay. I like that combination. That's great. Cause then that means you like had to have read the book and watched the movie. So you can kind of know what the combinations are. But I mean, JK Rowling is literally terrible, but <laughs> I mean, I've, I've also never read any of the Harry Potters or, and I've only seen about 35 ish minutes of any of the Harry Potters. Like I started the, the first one, got distracted and never went back. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. If you were like me and you were raised in the church, you couldn't do the witchcraft and the wizardry no way. So it's Yeah, it, that's it, part of a lot of reason why I never like read it or anything. And as an adult, I don't really like it doesn't really interest me. Mm-hmm. No, I I'm 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 an adult and it unfortunately interests me because I still believe in magic because I'm me. Uh, <laughs> I'm a Disney princess. Um little old, but, you know, Disney princess still. <laughs> and um, they gotta grow up eventually. Shh. Don't, oh, don't say that. Um, but yeah, that I, I remember the formatting. That's that's right. So like a small debate at the beginning, just kind of talking about various things. I do want to stake my claim that sweet potatoes, mm, that's that's my vote for best fry or best potato. That's, that's my vote. Not that it matters right now, but that's my vote. <laughs> and then of course, you know, unlike you guys, uh, uh, unlike us, you guys have like ads and stuff like that. So you probably get a nice, you know, five and a half dollars for, for running ads and stuff like that. So that must be nice. Um, and... I don't know about that. <laughs> I mean, it's I it's hard out here. <laughs> very that. Um, I'm like, that's why podcasting it takes time, energy, effort, and it takes money, people. Um, and you're doing two of them, so bless your heart and your ministry, channel. Uh, <laughs> and then, of course, you do the tiering bracket, and you know, you guys uh, have lots of fun on there. I really enjoy. It. It's very laid back. It's really cool. I'll I'll definitely make sure that I put all the dis- links in the description so people can follow. Um, I forgot what the um what your comp like the company's name is. It's T One Three Media. That's right, T One Three Media. So I'll definitely put those in the bottom down there, um, so everyone can click and listen and tune in and maybe even watch you guys and laugh and guffaw and stuff. Now I haven't watched or watched or listened to your wrestling one because I'm not really into wrestling. It's- understandable it's a we understand it's a niche so if you don't really if you don't like wrestling you're probably not gonna like that podcast um because like we're doing we're on a break or or actually Mm. by the time this comes out we'll probably be back from the break or close Mm -hmm. but like we're doing on our award show coming up for 
2021, like a year end award show. Mm. And then we're going heavy into our book adverse, which like we drafted wrestlers and we're mm. writing storylines and stuff like that. Super nerdy stuff. Um, <laughs> so, but if you don't like wrestling, you probably won't like that podcast. Uh, yeah, what what's this one called again? That one's Book It a Wrestling Podcast. Okay, I will put that in the description too because people might like wrestling. The only things about wrestling that I know are the important things, like Dwayne The Rock Johnson. That's important. He's important. <laughs> I don't know how important <laughs> to wrestling, but he's important. And then um, Rey Mysterio because, hello, he's adorable. I don't think he's you would think He's still around. That. Oh, is he really? Yeah, he's still wrestling. His son wrestles now. I might have to tune in to see my pe- my previous husband. Ugh, gosh. Yeah, yeah, he's still around. His son's a wrestler, Dominic. See, there you go. Those are the important things that I know. And the and then the scary man. What's the Undertaker? Undertaker, that- yes. yes, he retired. Oh, uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Wrestlers, wrestlers like to retire and then unretire. Then retire again, then unretire. It happens a lot. Like oh. Ric Flair has retired like ten times, and he's like he almost died like three years ago, and he was talking about having another match. He's like, Jesus. I'm good. I don't need to see you die in the ring. <laughs> yeah, I'll pass. That, that doesn't sound good. I um, again, I'm I'm not into super into wrestling, but for people who are. Yes, please click on those links down there and make sure you watch Damone and all his co-hosts and his friends talk about wrestling and also um, on the Debatable podcast as well. And so are there any fun future projects you got coming up? I think you just kind of mentioned um, about the like, like the drafting. I think. Yeah, um, we have the, if you're into wrestling, we have a bucket verse, which it's, is the technically the third one. So we pretty much, we draft wrestlers and then create our own companies essentially and we write storylines and stuff for them and everything um debatable uh right now or for debatable we'll probably do like a year-end thing of eventually i gotta look at the schedule mm-hmm. but um we're just gonna keep chugging along and um uh, we have other shows like on the network like if you're in the football we have unbiased which is i'm not on that one but um it's a football podcast and we're always bringing in different shows if the bad guy is spoken podcast um yeah we just have we have a lot of stuff that we have going on um on the network mm-hmm. well there you go that uh, a lot of stuff so i'm gonna just make sure i put those link the the whole links for all the things so football wrestling and uh, debatable, like y'all got a whole. We're, we're trying to cover everything, uh, and that whatever uh, you're into, we're trying to cover it. Cover all the bases, and maybe from maybe those five and a half dollars will all come together. Hopefully, <laughs> 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 to make ten and a half dollars, <laughs> so then you can pay a bill for those beautiful triplets that you have. <laughs> so, um, we're we're coming to the end here, so um. I want to genuinely thank you again so much for being on the show and for letting me be on your show more than, you know, more than once already. And so I really genuinely do appreciate it. Um, Is there any, you know, would you like to plug where people can find your podcast or where they can find you personally on the social medias and stuff? 
Oh, sure. So, um, and thanks again for having me. I appreciate yeah. it. And thanks for coming on the times you come on. Um, we've, like I said, we've had a lot of fun with you um, being on, and we'll definitely get something scheduled and have you on again. Um, so you can find everything on the T- on my network, the T13 Media Network. If you go to T1, T the letter T, the number one, three spelled out, media.com, like the links to Debatable, uh, Bad Guy Spoken, Book It, um, all the links are in there. Mm-hmm. If you want to follow me personally, you can follow me on Debatable, or not Debatable, on oh, You can follow me on Twitter and TikTok at uh, DumbMoneyT13, so it's D-A-M-O-N-E-Y-T, the number one, the number three, so it's DumbMoneyT13, T13, essentially. You can follow me on there. Um, Twitter, I'm semi-active. TikTok, <laughs> I... I had a series going that I was doing, and then I got lazy and stopped doing it. TikToks so. are hard, so I don't I don't blame you. It's so much involved in TikToks. I don't know if people even have the time, so I, I understand. <laughs> yeah, I just I started the series and then I never went back. Um, yeah, but you can follow me there, and like I said, you can go to T One Three Media to find everything. We also have merch if you wanna. Help me get the five and a half dollars. <laughs> uh, we got t-shirts, hats, pretty much everything. I think Mike yesterday said they have teddy bears now. Um, but so if you want to buy anything, you want to help brother out. <laughs> <laughs> Just in time for Valentine's Day. Right. Yeah, if you want to help brother out, um, check us out. Buy some merch. <laughs> buy some merch, support Damone and, and all that he does. Um so I'll put those links in the description. Um, y'all click on them so we can help black people. Cause again, he wants to meet his five and a half dollars, and it's not gonna happen unless y'all front the money. So um, thank you again, so 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 much. It was so fun having you on and having um, you know a, a black man being able to have this discourse and have this conversation. I think this is paramount and very important in moving the needle forward. And, um, you know, I I genuinely do appreciate you so much. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you so much. So we are going to get the fuck up out of here. So we will see y'all. Well, you'll see at least Damone. You you may not see me. (laughs) Y'all not going to see. Y'all just going to keep hearing me. But we're going to see y'all on the next episode of Black to the Future. Happy 2022. Happy New Year. Y'all please be safe and Love y'all so much. Bye. Bye, guys. Thank you all so much for tuning in to Black to the Future. Yes, thank you for joining us. And if you want to continue the conversation with us, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Black to the Future Podcast. And don't forget to use the hashtag Black to the Future Podcast as well. Share the content and please leave positive reviews. Yeah, all that. <laughs> and we will see y'all in the future. Don't you mean Black to the Future? Oh, I guess you're right. We'll see y'all black Black to to the the future. future.